Tanner comes up here so kind every week. He comes up and puts the Zoom on for us because so we can record it. It's all, all of it's online. So here's the deal. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit <coughs> hurt that some people don't want to go eat where I want to go eat. Now, I know that just took it to a whole new spiritual level. But I have found the places that I want to go, some of you pretty sassy you want to eat a wrap with kale in it or whatever spinach or broccoli that you're trying to live by the Mediterranean diet and eat healthy. You know, that's nice. I'm glad you're going to live longer. I'll get to see Jesus faster. Ha! <laughs> that's all I care about. You know, I, I've, I've told you, I've voiced this complaint before. I want to go, there, there's just times that I just want to get away. You know, y'all want to get away and you want to go to a place. You want to go and like look at a little cross over a mountain and have a nice scene. Some of you want to go camping. Ooh, you're so, go play with snakes. Um, but me, I just want a private time at Golden Corral. I've told you all that. Just me, and I just want to look at everybody. As I'm eating rolls, as I'm eating that Bourbon Street chicken, you know what I'm talking about. That's next to Jesus, Logan. Thank you, you're the only person who understands me. That stuff is, and I can't get my family to go. Yeah, isn't that a sin? It's a sin because they're like, mm, you know, I told you, they're like, look, we're like, Dad, the plates aren't clean. The Civil War's not, that, that's an adventure, people. That's what makes it good. And so I guess what I'm trying to say today is there's sometimes in our life that people who start with us won't stay with us. There's just sometimes places where we go, people won't go. Let me break it down for you as simple as I can. All right, so. We are throwing our life into the life of Abraham. I'm praying everybody in this room will take a journey with Abraham. That you'll actually try to live out what we talk about. So here's what I'm saying. So the moment I got saved at 18 in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Woo! Yes! Two people. Virginia's for lovers. So anyway, uh, and so I got saved. I mean, radically saved after going to a prison. I wasn't in prison. I was going to a prison, visiting people. Came back. I don't want you to go there, Right? And, and I saw this guy, he had more freedom in Christ than anybody had ever seen. And I don't know how long he was in for, he was obviously in there for a heinous crime. And I looked around, and I came back, and I saw this, um, this guy, Todd, who was with me. Todd, I've known since he was little. You know, we, we, we grew up going to church together, but Todd had special needs. Y'all with me? Like he was, but I watched him. I'm literally going to college, and I look around, and I see this guy broken by Jesus Christ. And I go, you know, if he's broken and he can give his life, God, you'll take me. Because I saw the genuine, I saw the spirit working. And so I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And all, literally, literally, the guy who had sit in church who hated this, who could not sit straight, who could care less about anything else, all of a sudden, I had a Bible because my youth pastor gave me one. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm sitting on the front row, people. Front row. I'm like this. I could not wait to encounter the Lord. And what I realized is that the people who started the journey with me, once I got saved, they weren't willing to go with me. Oh, can I get a witness? They weren't willing to go. They were not willing to go with me. But here's what happened. So I began to give my heart more and more to the Lord. 
Like, Danny, I saw you in this journey with baseball here. I saw you in that with Rock. And, and so all of a sudden you give more and more of your heart to the Lord, right? Like, he saved us. But you know what it is. Uh, we get all of Jesus, but he don't get all of us, huh? Right? And so then all of a sudden I, I began to give more of my life to the Lord. I, I wanted to serve him. There were people then that began to drop out of my life because that was a little too radical. And so I'd sit in a Bible study meeting we sit there with my wife and two other guys and we go through experiencing God, which is a, a old, old Bible study. I've gone through it 8,000 times. Okay, that's a gross hyperbole, but I've gone through it many times. And I turn around and they're sitting there and everybody's got something going on great with God in their life. And there's me as a football coach here going, I got nothing, people. So I just turned around and said, God's got nothing for me. Literally, my wife picked up the chair and moved about five feet from me. She was like, strike him dead, God. And so... And, and literally, she moved, and she's like, you better not say that. I said, God has nothing for me. I said that. I don't want you sitting out there thinking God has nothing for you. Because the very, listen, I was sitting in your seat when the pastor resigned and God spoke to my heart. But those who start out with you will not stay with you. Be ready for it. So I give my life to Christ, people dropped out my life. They couldn't go with me because God put me in a new lane, right? He puts you in a new lane. He takes out the heart of stone, who hated this, who could care less, gives me a heart of flesh. Now I'm ready to go. Next step. Now I'm really diving into the Lord, like looking around. But as I try to press into the Lord, what I realize is that fewer and fewer people that started with me are staying with me. Wide is the gate to destruction. But there's a narrow path when it comes to Jesus. So then all of a sudden, I began to be called into ministry, and, and my lane was getting clearer and clearer. And guess what? There began to be fewer and fewer people on it. And so I'm losing everybody. So then I move out of coaching and going to, driving to seminary, and I told y'all the story, and I'm driving up. There's no cell phones, people. <laughs> Crying. And so I remember one time talking to my twin sister, and I told y'all this. And she's a lawyer, and she said, John, and forgive me for my brashness. She said, just toughen up. She used a little stronger word. It wasn't any bad language. She just basically said, suck it up. Forgive me for saying that. Toughen up. God called you, now do it. But my lane was getting like this. It was getting like this. And people were dropping out of my life. People that I love. Because, listen, those who go with us or start with us might not stay with us. And so I looked around and I said, God, what are you doing? And as I began this journey, what happened was, then I, as I got in my lane, what I realized is as I was running for the Lord, God began to bring me beautiful people like you. And so the people that I thought were the ones that were supposed to be with me were not the ones that were supposed to go with me because they didn't share the same heart that I have for the Lord like you do. So the point today is this. When we get to Abraham, Abraham goes to the land of promise because he was looking forward to the foundation whose architect and builder is God. When we look forward to a foundation and whose architect and builder is God, when we look forward, that means to receive his calling. When we look forward to that, then the value of what's coming is more valuable than what I'm going through now. Mm. Listen, I'm going to put it to you this way. I pray that there's this tension in your life where we are the sweetest 
kindest people, but at the same time, you're the most radical. That people look at you and you unsettle them. That your life in Jesus, that your, your passion for Christ is more valuable than your parents. That your passion is Christ is more valuable than your children. That's a strong statement. But that your, that your love for Christ, that what we're looking towards and looking to the person of Jesus is more valuable than anything I could put myself into now. So Abraham goes to the promised land and there's a famine. And I told you when you walk with Christ last week, I told you when you walk with Christ, you're going to enter a crisis of belief. Everybody in this room, it is the universal statement with God. Jesus went through temptation. Jesus, right, he was tempted by the devil. He was tested by God. And that was just all, obviously, God knew he was going to pass with flying colors. But he did it to show us what it looked like for us to walk with Christ. So now... He goes, and, he, and instead of listening to God, he panics, and he goes to Egypt. In Genesis, we see this in Genesis chapter 12. He absolutely panics, goes to Egypt, goes to a place. God didn't call him because it was a famine. Instead of letting God rescue him, he tried to rescue himself. But here's the beauty of Jesus. He goes there, and he lies. He says, my wife is not my wife. She's my sister. And he lies. And all of a sudden, God begins to still protect him. Because remember, the covenant that God makes with us is not based on our obedience, but Jesus's. So it was future coming. For us, it's past. And so now, he comes out of Egypt, and he comes out with a lot of stuff. God blessed him even in the midst of what he did wrong. Why? Because God promised he will never leave us, nor what, saints? So, yes, even when John Davis makes a wrong decision, I think God said go here, but God was saying go here. Even when I make a wrong, God is still going to bless it because I'm seeking him. But then all of a sudden something happens. They get in Genesis 13, and they get in there with his nephew, Abraham's nephew, Lot. Lot, his brother Haran's son, Haran had died, and he, Lot had gone with him. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a dispute. There's going to be a quarrel, and they're going to separate. And I pray today that you'll see that those who start with you might not stay with you. But it's okay because Jesus is with you. And you're going to see Lot. I wish I could have time today to show you and take you their journey. A bad decision by Lot because of the pride and selfishness in his heart. The absolute greed. And I'll show it to you. Of Lot, the absolute greed of Lot, who the Bible says in Genesis 13 had many possessions. As he moves towards Sodom and Gomorrah, he gets captured, and Abraham is going to rescue him. But the guy who started out the journey with all these possessions by the end, all he had was his daughters as they fled from the city that his eyes lusted after. And he started his journey with everything, and he ended with nothing. But Abraham, old sweet Abraham, learned something from Egypt. He learned that in his selfishness, he learned he should depend on God. And he looked at Lot, and he was going to tell Lot, we're going to see it. You can go this way, you can go that way. Whatever way you go, I'll go. If I was Abraham, I'd have said, listen, boy. God made a covenant with me. And the only reason you're blessed is the only reason you got a bunch of stuff out of Egypt was 
Right? In Genesis 12, God made a covenant with, not with, but with, do you smell what is cooking? So you can take your one or two little camels and, well, anyway. But Lot had a lot because Abraham, and Abraham didn't shove it in his face. He didn't turn around to the people and said, man, I'm, I'm dissing you. I'm done with you. He blessed the guy. He blessed his nephew, though his nephew was selfish. Those who start with you might not stay with you. Some of you have been blessed to have great roommates. Some of you could. Whew, well, sweet Jesus. You couldn't pray for the semester to get over fast enough. Some of you have had uh, spouses. You're just like. And they've left you. Some of you have been in with parents who've never even cared about you. Some of you have had best friends leave you. Some of your bosses have betrayed you. And how do we handle this as people of God? How do we handle when we are walking with God and those who start with us or go with us don't stay with us? What do we do with that? We know. Because we're in our hearts. We want people like Ruth. Check this out. Ruth 1, 16 through 18 says this. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back to you. I mean, here is a lady who's a non-Jew talking to a Jewish woman, and she is begging. Now, we use this all the time, right, in, in, in weddings. Will you go? I will go. And will you stay? I will stay. And your people will be maybe my people because they look crazy. And your God is definitely my God. And will you die? Mm, I don't want to go yet. I'm going to move to Florida. All right, so I didn't say that, but I was close. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. I question that. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates me or separates you from me. When Naomi realized Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. People are longing. People are longing to have that type of love. Horizontally, right? Cross vertically, our relationship with Jesus, horizontally with each other. We want that. We want a spouse. We want a child. We want a boss. We want friends. We want people committed. We want our children to be like that with us. And I want to tell you something. Walking with Jesus will narrow your path. Come on, somebody. I know I'm talking will narrow your path. But here's what's great about the Lord. Your path might get narrow now, but over here is going to be a great group of people that are going to love you well. But you'll never get there if you're not willing to go with Jesus. Genesis 13. Oh, you're now all intrigued. It's Genesis is easy to get to. Like if you open your Bible, boom, you're there. <laughs> saying. It's, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Spiritual. I just love being in here with y'all. People do not know. So we were out here this morning, and we were trying to get a cord. As y'all say, I apologize. We started late. We are trying to get a cord. And, um, and, and, and Lenny was so sweet. She's running all the way over there and running back. And, and somebody was out there saying something. I said, don't worry. It's Summit. We can get wild. So Genesis 13. So I, I use Abraham. And, of course, you know, his name hasn't changed to Abram. So Hayden, Seth, David. The list goes on for all you in the background. Malcolm, Luke, listen, I want a word from you. Those who start with you will not stay with you. Telling you. You can count it. Write it in stone. But you've got to fix your eyes on Jesus. Because if you don't, ministry will not only be messy, 
but it'll be a chore. And you'll step out. Here we go. Whoa, this is so good. So verse 1. So Abram, Abraham, went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Yep. Abram had become very wealthy in what, saints? Yes. He's got it all. In silver and in what? Dude, listen, he came out of the famine, did what he wasn't supposed to do, took a job, a position, a place, but God was still with him because when God made, again, when people ask me about eternal security, the more I read about the covenant of God, the more I'm committed. He's committed to me when I'm not committed. It just screams his eternal security for us. Verse 2, Abraham become very wealthy. Verse 3, from the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. Then Abraham called, or Abram called on the name of the Lord. Hey, quick, quick, quick thing. I just got to lay this out for you. So if John makes a wrong move, Here's what I do. I go back. Remember this one, Tammy? I go back to the last thing that God told me to do. I go back to the altar that God told me. Now, I know some of you are saying, but John, that didn't make sense. Well, what you're saying the first, uh, second week, where you said the idea was even when you don't know where to go, you can't stay in what you know. What I mean by this is when God calls you, when he says, I want you to take this job. I want you in this relationship. I want you to, I want you to go to this place. Though it's not clear, though even though you don't know where to go, you can't stand what you know. When God calls you, you just got to step. But if he hadn't called you in a sense of a location, job, whatever, and you're conf- like, I don't know what to do right now, stay close to your last altar. Woo! That's a good word. Okay, never mind. All right. That was just a side note. Verse 5. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. I mean, man, Lot, you are blessed because you're with the one who is blessed. Don't get away from the people of the blessing. Don't get away from your blessing. Because you get away, you might end up in Sodom and Gomorrah. There might be a party in the night, but there's some judgment in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet Jesus. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great they were not able to stay together. Now listen, I don't know... um, David Jeremiah made a great point. I don't know if this is because of the famine that they go back, they couldn't stay together because maybe it wasn't, it wasn't, the land wasn't back to par yet. Like, I don't know, but look what it says. Something interesting in there. They were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herds and lots. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So they had pressure from people that they acted like it was their land, but it wasn't their land. God didn't promise the Canaanites. He didn't promise the Perizzites, he promised Abraham. So there's going to be pressure when God calls us into a place or a job or around certain things or wherever it is to a location. There's going to be pressure when people are there, they don't belong there. So Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me, between your herders and mine, for we are you're my sister in Christ you're my brother in Christ listen uh, if God has given us this sermon today that because it means something might be coming tomorrow you might face somebody say I, 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 
you're going too crazy for the Lord. You're, you're doing this, whatever else. Listen, that's why I love walking with people who have a burning, hot heart for Jesus. Because as the old pastor would said, a burning heart produces a flaming tongue. So I hope people come to watch us burn. Listen, I have any quarreling between you and me and between your herders and mine. Are we close relatives? Not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of... Sometimes going to places that look like your past might bring the pain of your past. I'll break it down for you. Wow, she looks just like my last girlfriend. You better run. <laughs> Y'all probably said, why did I come to this church? This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because if you go to Sodom and Gomorrah now, it's arid. It's... Um, it's a wasteland, it's hot. So the readers who are reading this are being reminded that before Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, it was a really nice place. Wicked people destroy the beauty of God. That's why we got trash on the roads and we got trash in the house. Wicked people destroy. Hey, Genesis 2, God said, take the land and cultivate it. We're supposed to make it better. We're supposed to design things and build things. I mean, this is cool language that God gives us. We're supposed to make things really cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Chris jumping on that bike, that Harley he's got because he never takes me. And he turns around and drives around and goes up in the hills and drives around and look at all the foliage and all that other stuff and eat, you know, biscuits and gravy and bacon. And Jesus didn't eat bacon, so we could and... I wasn't invited and not bitter. But I'm just saying that you know, there's nothing wrong with making things better in this world. God wants us to. But that's why, that's why Romans 8, that's why right now our, earth, our, our America is so divided. You saw uh, where now California wants to secede from the union, right? Isn't that hilarious? I got a song for them. Let them go. <laughs> Can't hold them back anymore. Closing my theme song. And and so my point is we're so divided over everything. And the reason why is because the earth is longing for the sons of God to rise up. So let's keep going. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set uh, set out towards the east. Now if you know anything about Genesis, moving east moves you away from God. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. We have 12 minutes. Let's pray. Lord, uh, it is going to be a sprint, but you are good. I pray that you would make this so clear to us. Lord, I have um, sinned against you. And Lord, I am unworthy to stand, but I love this. That let this mind be in you, Kayla read, that is also in Christ Jesus, who did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself nothing. 
He emptied himself. I empty myself to you today, Lord, so that you will be everything and I will be nothing. I pray that people's um, trust would rest on the power of the Holy Spirit and not in wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of your spirit and power and that you would speak to us in today. Lord, it's going to be okay that those who start with us can't stay with us. It's going to be okay that those who go with us don't stay with us. They'll be okay, Lord, that those who were once committed to us walk away from us. It's going to be okay because the name of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the presence of Jesus never leaves us nor forsake us. And if we have you, we have it all. So I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way. Make this come alive for us and show us how to reconcile today with people. In Jesus' name, the saints said what? All right, so here we go. I'm going to try to read this. Uh, looking forward means those who start with us might not stay with us. Just be ready for it. Just be ready. And some of you are saying, yes, I, I, I can get a witness on that. So here's what I want to say. The reasons why is that walking with Jesus is a movement. Walking with Jesus is a movement. Notice that Abraham was called to a place and he had to go. Walking with Jesus is a movement. I'll show you. John chapter 5, 17. Uh, in his defense, Jesus said to them, My father, look at the very words of God. My father is always at work to this very day. And I too, the Bible says, Jesus says this, that I too am what? I didn't hear you. I too am what? God is always at work. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean that he is silent. Sometimes God's unseen hand is at work so powerful and we don't even know it. And God is working in the hearts of believers and we don't even know it. And then John 5, 19. One of my favorite verses that I pray over myself, that I pray sometimes, that I try to remind, you've heard me say this a lot, so uh, I pray. It says, therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, I love this. Uh, amen, amen in the Greek. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. In other words, we can't do anything in God's lane that God isn't doing. That's why Abraham just had to stay with God. God's like, I'll bring you the blessing. Just stay faithful. So there's, listen, God is always moving. Look at verse 5, 13, verse 5. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abraham. The word moving, the word moving in Hebrew and in Genesis 13, verse 5, it literally means go. It literally means go. Jesus said, as you're going, make disciples, right? So it's a movement, there's a movement in the Lord. So when we're moving with God, if you're not moving in your location, you've got to be moving more into his presence. Press in. Press in hard. All right, so the, the second reason why is that this. When we walk with Jesus, what, the reason why people won't stay with us is because walking with Jesus requires giving. Oh, can I get a witness? Huh? Has God not asked you to give things that you thought you could not give up? Have you not given up friends and time and family and relationships? You're not, you're not the same popular person. Maybe you once more. But I want to tell you something. When tens and of 10,000 and myriads and myriads of thousands are rejoicing when your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you stand in front of all the people of all times and all places and your name brings praise and rejoicing to God, that will be your glory day, not what you can do here on earth. Verse 
Verse 6. Walking with Jesus requires giving. Verse 6. But the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great and they were not able to stay together in quarrel. You know what the Lord showed me? That the land could support them. Isn't it interesting? That the land couldn't support them, but their love should. Right? You got people say, you just ain't providing for me. You just ain't, we ain't having a fun time. We ain't having this. I thought our love was greater than our circumstances. You never had that happen to you? Where people want to just, just, and listen, if you ain't going to bring the party, they're going to find another one. A lot, lot in them should have been okay for their love, not because of their possessions. I've seen my family members. I've seen uh, my brother and sister. I've seen them, their, their spouses walk out on them because there was not enough. Could not support them literally means this. It literally means to lift or to carry. It, li listen, this is beautiful. It means, watch this, this is so good. But the land could not lift them. The land could not carry them. Possessions and space aren't meant to carry us. The love of Jesus is. You and I are not meant to carry. We're not meant to carry. Like, well, we carry one another's burdens, but sometimes people means that implies uh, fix one another's burdens. You can't fix it. So what happened, it destroyed them. It could not support them. So what broke out? What broke out in verse 7? And quarreling. Quarreling literally means strife. And this, and, and I want you, and I want you to know what this, and quarreling, this is such a beautiful context. God help me to portray this. This is how Satan works. He works through words. It's interesting that he tries to attack words, and Jesus was called the. In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the was God. He was with God in the beginning. Satan tries to attack words. Now, uh, in Greek, the word there is logos. I mean, it's the presence of God. Y'all know this in Greek, but there's another word for, for word in Greek. What is it? Come on, anybody, any of my Greek guys? Rima. Okay, so Rima is another word, and so it's the actual words that we speak. So he's trying to attack that. Isn't that there was strife in words? In marriages, can we get a witness? Don't go hitting it in your spouse. Don't, don't, don't go into that. It's a, he attacks, that's where he attacks. This is how the enemy strikes. He attacks the words. Perception is not reality. Just because we don't have as many people as a larger church doesn't mean that we don't have the same power. The sp Listen, Mother Teresa had a burning heart, but she wasn't around thousands. She was around the dying, the house of mercy. You don't have, listen, the amount of people does not equal the amount of his presence. Because if that's the case, then Jesus didn't have much presence of God when he was on the cross. <laughs> Ooh, wasn't nobody there except mama and some little young kid, little wimpy John, holding on. So what happens? Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world of, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the what saints? Is up there? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it is. In which you once walked, following the course of the rule, following the prince of the power of the what? Words. Air. 
He's always going to take words and twist it. He's always going to take words and twist it. So here's the deal. It's not the problem with the giving. The problem is with the receiving. Satan is, so there was strife between them. There was strife. I'm going to land this. We've got to go fast. John 8, 44. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Jesus is ripping the Pharisees, and I love him. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him where he lies. Uh, excuse me. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, and he is the what? That is how strife happens by Satan. What did he? He didn't use power to trick Eve. Are you really going to die if you eat that fruit? Your eyes will be open to be like God. You're missing something if you follow God. You're really missing out. Look where everybody's going. Look, look at all your friends. You're missing out. You're, missing, you're trying to create your own world, create your own space. You, God's not really there. God's not really hearing you. Listen, God is not going to speak. He's going to act, people. Let me break it down. I don't think you in this room, probably the vast majority of you will ever hear God's voice, this side of heaven. Would you agree with that statement? Do you think I'm a lunatic? I don't know if you'll audibly hear his voice. You might. Some people have. There's, and he does speak audibly. But what I am saying to you is, is that you will see his activity. Every one of us. He will actively work. Because he's in the work. He is in the work because he has already spoken. It is finished. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 14, 15. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. We've all in this room. If you're single, guess what? People are going to come to you like they love Jesus because they love him here, but they don't love him here. Here means that I can understand it, but here means it's going to cost me something to do. They don't want to go there. That's when you know. Verse 15, it's not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Perception is not reality. Their end will be what their actions deserve. So, how do we land coffee? So, I'm going to ask the man to come on up here. Woo! I'm going to land. Hey, did I do pretty good, Kevin? It's almost 10. I'm doing pretty good. I'm already in the invitation. That's pretty. I'm impressed. Like, dude, is a God. All right. Um, so, how do we handle it? How do we handle it? Let's look there in Genesis 13. Verse 10. I'm just asking him, because we're getting ready to sing No One Higher, and Lauren, you might fall out on that song because you're exactly from your wedding. Right I'm going to use this if this is all right. If this is on Tanner, that way can. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zor was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. <laughs> This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. Now, why did he make that decision? This is how we handle quarreling in the spirit. This is how today the application, this is where we go. If you go back to verse 9, he said, there's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. The first way that we handle, the first way that we handle quarreling, and all the notes are online, by the way, Facebook, is that we've got to turn to Jesus or else pride will set in. We can't get up 
We can't get caught up in people's words. We got to get caught up in God's promises. Think about Abraham could have said, Lot, you're only blessed because of me. Uh, you could say to your children, hold up, I pay the bills. Uh, you could say to, to people, I, listen, I'm the one sacrificing more than you. You could be in a relationship saying, I'm giving. You could say, God, I'm giving and I'm not receiving. Whatever it is you want to throw out there. Listen, just get caught up in Jesus. Don't get caught up in words. Words. Only God's words never fail. Everybody else's will. Number two. Learn from the past. Abraham went into Egypt kind of arrogant, it appears. He went in making his own decisions. When he came out and faced his next quandary, yes, there was a famine in land the first time he ran. Now he faces another quandary. He submits. He's like, Lot, do whatever. Do whatever you want. He's, he learned from the past. He's Listen, Abraham made some good decisions here. He was someone who said, you choose. He showed humility. He let Lot choose. He could have said, man, this is about me. It's not about you. But you know what he did? Listen, when somebody dimes you out, does you wrong, listen, just, just, just hold yourself in front of them. I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm just saying just show Jesus. Just say, okay, you, you want to go your way? Great. You want to do your thing? Great. Hey, you, this is going to happen because uh, those who start with you won't stay with you. It's okay to let them go. If they don't want to run with the Lord, they don't want to be passionate with the Lord. It's okay to let them go. But let them choose. And here's why. Because a place of humility is a place where we utterly depend on God and I don't depend on my wife, Lynette. Think about it. I want everybody in this room to think about it. Let me just, gosh, I'm trying to hurt. If I cheat on Lynette, think about it. I lose this church, right, Kevin? Thank you. Um, I get fired at CSU. I lose a lot of you as friends. Uh, my family, my kids will hate me. And, and here's what's even wild. All the education that I have means nothing. It means I, I've got to go back and retool everything. Like, and people get caught up in that. And they're willing to risk all that. Because if you stay in a place of humility, I, listen, I have to depend totally upon the Lord every day. Because you could say, listen, I'm going to get up and walk out. I'm going to get up and do this. I'm, how am I going to live? Think about it. God puts us in places of total dependence upon him. Emotionally, physically, financially, whatever else. That's a place of humility. And that's a beautiful place. Because God is always attractive. He said a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So you stay in that place of humility. And here's what happens. This is, this is what's great. Go down to verse 14 and then I land the plane with this. This is to show you if you're willing to stay in those places. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had this is so good, separated that is a great word. My verse says party but I like the word separated because it speaks like language of relationships and friendships and jobs and when people separate. Listen when you have a hot heart for God the only people with a hot heart can go there. A hot heart for Jesus will separate you from people, right? Separate from him. God showed up. What Lot, when Lot left him, God came to him. God came to him. God came to him. He will come to us. He will be for us what others cannot. But you've got to be willing to buy into this. 
It's got to be the Spirit of God speaking to you. So some of you, okay, here's the land. So let's be honest. Some of us have past wounds from relationships that have created tough situations. Listen, I want to tell you something. It's time to let whatever happened in your life so disappoint myself all the time because the more I study this, the more I spend time with God, I understand the weight of the repercussions. All I'm saying to you is it's time to let it go. Today, don't let anything, don't let the hurt of, of the situation you're in determine the power of the God who's in you. It's time to submit it to the Lord in humility. So I'm asking you today, wherever you are, we're going to sing the song, There's No One Higher. No one greater. There's no one like our God. Look, look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and west, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make you, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go! Walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Just because somebody leaves you doesn't mean the promises of God have failed you. Father, that is our prayer today. If there's someone in this room who needs Jesus as a Savior, you want them to fail. If there's someone in this room who needs Jesus to overcome their own past sins, that they're living in a state of just victim. I've done all this stuff. God, it's time for them to step up and step into the truth of Jesus who washes away all our sins. For those in this room who, Lord, have had some pain in the past, and when they think about it, the pain is still there. Lord, you will be for them what nobody else can be for them. And you had already known you were not shocked that people will leave them. But God, just because people will leave them doesn't mean that you will. Lord, you are good. You will come to us when others separate themselves from us. So Lord, if there's someone in this room that needs prayer, they can come and kneel today if they want to kneel and for somebody else. And, and But Lord, I pray in this room that this song would minister to our spirit and that we would call upon the Lord who is no one higher, no one greater. And there is no one like our God. Though the lots will leave us the King of Kings never will. He will be for us. Help us to be people of humility. Give us the power of your strength and your promise, knowing that if you're with us, it doesn't matter who leaves us. We just need Jesus. Who needs Jesus today, Lord? In any relationship, in a marriage, at work, with their friends, in an ex-relationship, it doesn't matter. You will be for us what only you can be. Nobody else can feel that. That is our prayer today as we call upon you. You might want to come and pray. You might want to come and kneel. You might want to stand. You might want to sit. Whatever you want to do. You might want to get with friends and pray. Whatever you do, call upon the name of the Lord because his promises are true. His word never ends and his love never fails. To the King of kings and Lord of lords, we worship you today.